Well, what's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secrets to Success podcast. This is your boy, Carl. Man, look, let me just be real with you guys. Life got the better of us this time, man. Technology. We recorded the podcast, and honestly, for whatever reason, the first 20 minutes of it, it's just not playing. Like, literally, it's not playing. We can see the file. Everything is not playing. But it's like our longest podcast. We went like an hour and a half. So we still got like over an hour of great content. Josh jumped on with us. Man, you guys just missed us talking at the beginning about... You know, the weekend's festivities. Jalen, of course, you guys, if you're following, know that Jalen graduated this weekend from Michigan State University in four years. Your boy E.T. did it in 12. Jalen cut that down to four, man. So we just kind of talked about that a bit. And, man, I'm not going to hold you guys up. We're just going to jump right into the rest of it now. So enjoy the podcast. I was, um, it was funny. I had a kid. It was, it was like right before church. And um, he came up to me, man, and he had been coming to the church for a while. I hadn't been to the church in, you know, I don't know, a month or two maybe. And so um, he came up to me, right, and he said something, and I kind of like had to think about it. And it was crazy because E didn't even know that we had this conversation, and then he kind of preached about it. And I want to play some of what E preached about this weekend and just let you guys in on what he said. Now, he didn't know we had this conversation, but this kid came up to me, and he said something deep. He was just like, yo, I read the book Average Skill Phenomenal Will. You know, I, I know what you guys talk about with the heart and the hustle and the grind and all of that. He said, but... I don't fully believe it. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yo, I'm looking at E and y'all saying average skill phenomenal will. He like, I'm watching E. That ain't average skill. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, y'all talented for real. Like I'm looking at Carl videos. I'm looking at you, E. Like, yo, y'all talented too. Y'all trying to act like you don't need any talent to blow up and you do need talent. And I was like, hmm. I had to think about it. I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. And he's like, for real, people talk about, he started going off. He's like, people talk about Michael Jordan and getting cut from the you know, team or whatever. He was like, at the end of the day, Michael Jordan was 6'6 and could jump from the free throw line. That ain't just hard work. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could work as hard as I want. I ain't going to be able to jump from the free throw line. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. And part of me, I'm like, um, I, I don't really know what to say to this kid because I'm like, yo, does he have a decent point here? And then I thought about some other areas and I want to play this audio and then I want to come back and address, you know, what I told my man and then get you guys' take on it because I think we're in a unique position, you know, on this phone, you know, between the four of us. I, I don't know if there's a better speaker in the world than, uh, you know, Eric Thomas. I don't know if there's a better, you know, media director or, you know, somebody who's able to get videos to go viral and, you know, direct, um, you know, a movement with, you know, as, as much passion and talent as, as Carl does. And I know very few businessmen, you know, like Josh, who have, you know, started multi-million dollar companies from scratch. And so I have three goats on the phone. And so I'm going to play this audio and we'll talk about what he said, but then also talk to you guys about how much does talent actually work in your favor? How much talent did you have? Do you, do you have to have the blow up? And, and we can kind of, you know, collectively address the little man's issue. So let me play this for a minute. Just sit tight, listen to it, and then um, we'll be back and discuss. I'm telling you, there are those of you in this room, you are gifted, God has blessed you, but every time something go wrong, you pop, boom. You have no stickability. You have no staying power. You have no consistency. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not your pastor because I'm the best preacher. I'm your pastor because I've been consistent. I tell people all the time, you can come in here and preach if you want to. Amen. You can come in here and pray if you want to. Let me tell you something. You, to get to where I am, come on, you got to hear what I'm saying. You can't preach to get here. Amen. You got to visit some hospital rooms to get here. Amen. You got to visit some schools to get here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You got to be with people in toughest moments to get right here. You got to go to prisons to get right here. Come on. You got to be with people in some of their darkest times. You got you to gotta cook breakfast and lunch. Amen. You got to cook breakfast and lunch. Amen. You, you don't get here preaching. You got to see opportunities and bless people. You better hear what I'm saying. This is consistency. I'm no better than Tony Robbins or Les Brown. I'm not that good. But if you keep seeing me every single day, I ain't getting no PhD because I'm smart. Listen to me. I was focused. And once I locked in, that's it. Ain't no devil in hell going to stop me. No. Will I do it in three like boom, boom? Absolutely not. But will I put on the dancing shoes and march across that stage? Absolutely. Why? Because I understand that you got to add perseverance. And some of you are gifted and talented. But you'll never get to the next level because you start and stop. You start and stop. You start and stop. And then when you come back, you're looking at me like I'm stupid because you start. You stopped. 
looking at me like I'm dumb. I'm trying to explain to you, you know how many deaths happen when you stop, when you stop told? Do you know life still kept going on for ETA? When you were trying to get your stuff together and didn't know what she was doing? She kept saying, you will blow up when you what? Consistent. Not a video every, and they were sweet videos. Sweet content. Sweet music. See, why you ain't supporting me? She said, I will not support you until you're consistent. If we got to wake up and grind every day, then everybody that's on the team got to wake up and grind every day. All right, so um, and I think you guys got, you know, get what I'm getting at. He's talking about consistency, resiliency. The, the exchange you heard at the end, I apologize, you couldn't hear Toby, but Toby, our artist on ETA Records, he was talking about how Toby... Um, you know, had been, you know, we put out a couple videos about a year and a half ago and the videos did really well and then he just disappeared. Like he wasn't putting anything out and the, he lost consistency. So I told Tobe, yo, you have to, you know, chill out until you can be consistent. I don't have, you know, I, I don't have nothing for you. And then finally now he goes on to, you know, talk about Toby and the success he's having now. For those of you who've been following the Instagram and the Facebook, you know, Toby's been super consistent and opportunities are coming his way, sway you know, from Sway in the morning, actually hit him up and was like, yo, can you come to the show? He's got major artists following him and all this traction now because of his consistency, right? And so, but I want to get back to Lil Man's question and I'll start with Josh um, just because we don't get your perspective all the time, Josh. You're obviously a, a gifted businessman. You, you like, you know, as everybody knows on the line now, you started several companies, had, you know, a lot of success. You, you know, helped us change the dynamics of this company, you know, drastically over the past year. Um, how much does talent and, and, and that giftedness go into it? And how much of it is about that consistency that he talked about and just staying with it? And like, really try to think about it. Like, I don't want you to say, oh, I just grind every day and you got here. But like, think about the dynamic between did, did you always have a gift for this business thing and you kind of just honed it and you, you but you needed that gift or walk us through that. Yeah, you know, I, I love this. Um, I love this question. So, yes, I believe I was always gifted in certain areas that give me that give me an advantage to business, just like a singer has an advantage because they have a great voice. So I believe that the good Lord has blessed me with some gifts. Now, having said that, to go back to E's sermon, I have had to stay in the game long enough and consistent enough to realize what those gifts are and to figure out how to use those gifts. Um, they, they're, they're not so, they're not, they're not so obvious that, that I knew exactly what they were and how to apply them. I had to be able to be consistent enough, stay in the game long enough in business, um, to, to know how to utilize those gifts. You know, if you would have told me I'd be sitting here on this podcast seven years ago, um, that wouldn't have happened. You know why I'm on this podcast right now and why we're working together is because I stayed in the game and I kept chipping away at it. And life has a way of, of letting things happen, but you have to have some level of competence. There's no question. And talent and being gifted um, gives you a huge advantage, right? We're watching the NBA playoffs. CJ, you and I text probably till midnight every night as we're watching these late games, right? And, and you can't make somebody have a 45-inch vertical. You just can't. You may be able to get a couple, an inch or two out of somebody through training more than what they have, but you can't make someone have quick hops versus slow hops. They're just, kind of, they're just kind of born with it. But you can teach them how to play their position. You can teach them um, little tricks of the game. You can teach them how to read film. You can teach them. And as all of it pieces together over the culmination of time, usually something magical happens. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that, Josh. And, and same question to Carl. I mean, let, let's take Carl because Carl, you <laughs> did biology. Right, so it's a major all these other things. Uh, level now, of giftedness there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? For a little man. Yeah, yeah. No, you know no, what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But 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 I'm looking at Carl saying, okay, Carl, you went from literally zero and picking up a computer to edit for the very first time I watched you to, you know, being the, the man behind several videos that have gone multi-millions across the net and, you know, maybe one of the most successful viral video producers, you know, of all times. How much of that is talent? How much of it is consistency like he talked about so i think and the definition of talent that i use well let me not say definition but i see talent like this talent is the thing that determines what you can do so it just kind of gives you perspective on what you are what you should be doing but that's like the entry point 
You know what I'm saying? So for me, literally, the one thing that I knew about myself growing up, and it's the gift and the curse, but I played a little bit of sports. You know, I played basketball, I played soccer, and I never did any formal training, but I was good. I played soccer, like, I remember as a kid, literally, um, my uncle used to take me to the beach. I was probably like eight, nine years old, and I, I'd play literally soccer with grown men and embarrass grown men on the field, like embarrass them. And people would look at me like, yo, like, who, like what school, like what coach, and none of that, none. Literally, so it was just something that I did. I grew up, my parents put me in like piano lessons. Um, what do you call it? Table tennis. Like I was doing a lot, and the one thing that I realized about myself was, hey, Carl, you have an ability to learn things quickly. That was the thing that I realized I had, the ability to learn things quickly. So coming from biology, it wasn't necessarily that I was a gifted biologist, if that makes sense. My, I didn't have a talent in biology. I didn't have a, you know, a specific niche in that. My environment helps to shape some of that. But the, the, the talent that I considered myself having was the ability to adapt things quickly and learn them. So now you put me in a place where, okay, so we do need videos. I have that talent of the ability to learn things quickly and implement them. But the, the, the talent of you know, being able to learn it has, has nothing to do with implementing it. They're two separate things altogether. The talent of being able to have the 45-inch the, the vertical is different from actually crossing somebody up and dunking in their face. You see what I'm saying? So the talent to me is the entry point, right? But like it's at the end of the day, your consistency, all, I mean all the buzzwords, your motivation, your attitude, your character, those are the things that you have to put with the talent now to take it where it needs to be. But the talent to me is literally just the, like here go the key to get into the door. But beyond that, you, you now got to start putting the work in. Yep, E, you one of the best speakers in the world. Like for real, how much of that is just God given, show up, talent, just go for it and how much is the consistency, the effort, the hustle, and the grind stuff. Yeah, I look at it like this, see, like, um, just to try to keep it real basic, you know, a, um, a waiter at a restaurant, you know, talent is you have access to a menu. You know, you have access to whatever. You go to Cheesecake Factory, that's a pretty large menu. To me, that's talent. They serve, you know, um, appetizers. They have you know, entrees, they have dessert, they have wines, et cetera. That's natural talent. These are the things that are available at this restaurant. I look at um, that next level of maturity because I think that you have to, when Josh talks about time, to me that's, that's maturity. That is, you've done it so long that you know it very intimately and you're able to manipulate it because you know it so well. So again, a waiter at a restaurant with, with just, I mean, Cheesecake Factory, numbers of things you can order. But then the will, the skill, the going beyond talent is the guy that comes up to the table without a pen or a pad. And he asks you what you want, see? And Josh, you've seen it before. Carl, you've seen it before. You've seen the gentleman, you've seen the young lady that can come up to the table without a pen or a pad and ask you what your order is, and boom, they write absolutely nothing down. That's I'm always nervous when they do it, though. Oh, you know absolutely, absolutely. But the guy that's doing it, the young lady that's doing it, they have gone to the next level, Josh. They have spent enough time with the menu. They've spent enough time in the environment. And they have they have a desire to get the best out of that experience when you sit down. So it's not about what's my tip going to be. That's not how they do it, Josh. That's not how they approach it. They approach it as what experience can I give you? So natural talent is just the menu. But that next level is when you say, I'm going to get your order and I don't need you. I don't need to write nothing down because I know it like the back of my hand. And then here's the other thing, Josh. I'm going to get your food right. I'm going to get the temperature right, and I'm going to make sure that I'm so aware of what's going on when you need more refreshment, when you need me to bring condiments. Like, I'm going to pay, and then I'm going to take it to the next level. I gave, I, look, I tipped a lady $100, Josh. Now, I never do anything because I'm looking to get anything in return. I promise you I went back a week and a half, two weeks later, Josh. She didn't know who I was, Josh. And I was like, whoa, that's not a sense of awareness. That's not a sense of awareness. Like, you don't know who I am. I just gave you a $100 tip, not even two weeks ago, and you forgot who I was. So for me, talent is the menu. We, we all come with it, as Carl said. When you're born, you got something. I don't care who you are. It's sports. I don't care who you are. It's a certain height. 
right? A certain size, like in your family, a certain, a cer- some people come with music, some people are quick. You know what I'm saying? I just like Carl said, I just remember being a kid and running track and I could just smoke everybody. I, you know, second place was always my thing, never first, but I'm talking about if it's 50 of us out of the 48, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm right behind my man who's getting first place. And so we all come with talents and gifts, but the, the time that you spend with it determines how intimate you become with it, how, how you're able to control it. And C can attest to this coming from the Midwest. How many charismatic young speakers do you know that came from your community, C? So we came with that gift. But to become one of the best speakers in the world, Josh, you got to spend a lot of time and not just one aspect of business or one aspect of media or one aspect of branding, but you have to be so intimate that you really got to put in 10,000 hours in different parts of or different segments of that one thing. See, so that, that's where I'm at. Time and talent is different. Yeah. No, you mentioned the 10,000 hours, Josh. So give us. OK, so and. And here, I'll tell you what I told my man, right? I'm like, okay, help me with this. And I said, I looked at my man and I said, all the things you guys are saying, but I said, I said, do me one favor though. Explain to me how he got a PhD then. Hmm. You feel me? I'm like, hold on. Okay, for, okay, bet. God gave E the gift, like he, E voice. You know what I'm saying? He got like the James Earl Jones thing going. Like, I don't know. Like when you hear E on the mic or when he does voiceovers, he's just got an incredible voice. That's God given. He didn't do anything to get that, right? That, that's what God gave him naturally, right? And, and maybe the charismatic thing, he's a funny guy, you know, he's a deep thinker, whatever. Okay, those things came standard, but how do you explain the PhD? Because I ain't trying to be funny, and oh, I ain't no saying question, he dumb, but he academically, but, yeah, yeah. but I know, I know probably uh, a couple thousand people on MSU's campus who are smarter than E, who do not have a PhD, or who started the PhD process and never finished it. And, uh, and pro- now, academically, okay, you want to rank E among the 1% in terms of speaking. E, where would you rank yourself just academically? Well, you have to let Carl smart. do that because that's some math stuff, like some <laughs> one and zero. <laughs> right, million, exactly. Right, right, right. Carl, you have to do <laughs> right, that. Right, right, right. I'm not even smart enough to do <laughs> right. that. So, yeah. Right, so I'm saying, so so what I was, and he was like, and he was, little man was stuck. I was like, yo, how do you explain the PhD? No, I'm saying, E has a doctorate, like he has a PhD and you know, like I know, he was a high school dropout. It took 12 years to get a four-year degree. We all know that. But he has a PhD. So there, so I'm saying when you talk about the talent or the heart, I'm saying give me the person with the heart all day because that person is never going to quit. How many talented individuals do we know that are broke? Like there are talent, like for real, E, you talk about it all the time. That's one of E's pet peeves. He's like, yo, I know so many people who are so talented and so smart that that, that actually impedes their yeah. ability. Right. He, he can't stand them. You actually preach. It, it was, I, I wish y'all could, you know, hear the whole sermon, but he actually preached about those people as well. He was like, yo, I'm gonna pray for y'all because y'all so smart that you can like jump on it quick and then you can get off it quick. It's like the turtle in the hair, the tortoise in the hair. You know what I mean? Like the hair so fast, my man jump out and he go to sleep because he like, yo, I got this in the bag. And that happens so much for people. And I, you know, so that was kind of my answer to him is that, yo, yeah, it does take a certain level of talent or, or, or finding your gift again. If you're sitting there and you're saying, what is my gift? Your gift is what comes easy to you that's hard for most. That's how you find your gift. And we're going to talk about this in a future episode when we get to the book, My Secret Superpower, right? We'll get to that. You know, we, we got the prints coming in, so we'll get to that later. But really finding out what your gift is and then, like we said, putting that 10,000 hours in. And can so, I say this, though, see? To go from... Can, can I yeah, say yeah, this? go for it. I, and again, we may not cover this on this episode, guys, but this is why the second part of what C is asking you and he, the conversation he had with the young man, this is why this is so important. And you heard me say it again, but I just think, I think we have to address it. There are things that talent can't, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Carl? Talent can't, um, um, it, does, it, it, it doesn't give you the ability to address Right. There are certain things, there are certain strengths that talents have, but then there are certain there are certain areas that talent can't necessarily account for. Oh, yeah. Talent. Yeah. No, no I know. You, you understand what I'm talent saying? Can't get you over your wife getting MS. You, you feel me? Right. See, right. you feel what I'm saying? It can't. It can't. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm right there it with can't, you. Your, your child was born with a, uh, uh, some type of, you know, deficiency or, 
You know, your, ch your child gets hit by a car. Your 22-year-old child get hit by a car, now they got to come back home. You know, a bad, terrible marriage, right? That, you know, uh, baby mama drama. You know, forgive me for going, you know what I'm saying, culturally. Baby mama yeah, drama. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's just some stuff that talent can't you, – you are the most talented basketball player, but you come to a city, you know what I'm saying, that's cold, or you come to a city with a terrible coach, or you got terrible teammates – you know, who not trying to be on the same page with you and there's no synergy. Like, it's just some stuff that that a storm, you know, uh, uh, many people don't know that a tornado knocked my house down, you know, in Huntsville, Alabama. You know, it. it that, I, so there's just some things that talent is not in and of itself strong enough to deal with or to address that that phenomenal will is able to address. So we're not saying you need one and you don't need the other one. We're not right. saying that at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. But what we are telling you is that it's just some stuff talent can address by itself. So again, like CJ said, I tell the story that I read from Dennis Kimbrough's book and it was the story of a lion and it was saying how the, the lion tamer uses a, a, um, what do you, a stool. And it's like, people are like, why a stool? Like, come on, how are you taming a lion with a stool? And I may have shared the story before, but it said what happens is the lion is trying to focus on four different things at one time. And as an animal, like that particular animal, it does not have the ability to do so. It's a very focused animal. So it actually gets paralyzed. So what I've seen is people who brag about how talented they are, how many gifts they have, they actually get paralyzed. Like they don't know what to do from day to day. They get stuck. You know, like, okay, I can do this today. I can do that tomorrow. I can do this today. And I say sometimes, it's an advantage being a high school dropout who homeless, who eating out of trash cans with only the ability to speak. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have a lot of options. I don't have a lot of choices. It's only one thing that I can really be good at, or at least that's what I thought. But then once I mastered that, the voiceover opened up, the one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm saying, but I spent 10, 20, 10 hours, 10,000, 20,000 hours, see, like honing this one thing and then boom. So nothing against talent. I'm just saying for those of you who are very talented and you very smart, like you didn't got into a bad marriage and you can't even wake up in the morning. You don't even have the strength to get up in the morning. Your baby, your baby is sick and you are in a state of depression. You can't even get out the bed. You got some bad news about your sister and her boyfriend and he getting, she getting beat up. You can't even get up. And so I'm saying it's some stuff that Will can address that a phenomenal will can help you get through. So, yep, 6'6", six, six, you know, 200 pounds, whatever. But at the same time, can you take a punch? I know you're a great boxer with a great arm and you knock folk out. But the question is, if you boxing, at some point, you giving the hit. But at some point, you're going to have to take the hit. And the question is, can you take a hit? More importantly, can you get knocked down and get back up? And there's some people who's so smart. You've been getting A's your whole life that when you finally get an adult and you get a B mm. or C in your real life, oh you, can't, uh, you can't handle uh, it. You God. can't handle it. Let me tell you something, baby. I handle a D with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know I take a D and keep it moving like it never I happened. Passed the class. You know, I done failed went on to the several next class. classes in my day. Bounce back. <laughs> yep, bounce yeah. back. Yep. E. So I, I remember I was sitting in a in a my, one of my very first times ever sitting in a board meeting, and we everyone hands out their profiles. I'm looking at mine. I'm looking at the guy next to me, his Harvard MBA. Uh, another, guy, another guy works on Wall Street. We're sitting around this room. We get done with this meeting and we get done and my mentor grabs me and says, how does it go? And I said, I think it went okay, but I don't know if they're very impressed. He said, let me teach you something. He said, there's a lot of educated idiots running around. Mm. He said, if you keep your emotional intelligence mm. in place, you'll mm. run circles around mm. them. That uh, yeah. Mm. yeah, no, that's big, Josh. Mm. And, and I guess... For me, now let's put some flesh on this thing for my people sitting out there. And I'm just going to ask you guys to kind of address this uh, individually. But putting that 10,000 hours in, uh, and I'll start with Josh, we'll go back to Carl and the EU, round it out. But okay, so you knew you had the gift, and but what practically did you do to hone, like develop that gift and hone that gift? Because so, if somebody out there listening go, I think I found my gift, I think I know what I'm good at, but like, how do you practice it? How do you work on it? Like, what were some things, Josh? that you did to go from, cause for real, you played college basketball. So 
it wasn't like you were just like, you know, on this pipeline to being like a CEO executive type. You were playing college ball and then you had to figure it out. Like, what were the things that you practically did? Did, did you read some books? Did you mm. like watch a, mo- a couple mm. movies that like got that. you started like and that. got you? Like, like mm. what, what did you practically do to hone that ability? Because we know like with a basketball player, you got to work on your free throws. You got to shoot three-pointers. Like that kind of stuff is tangible. But I think there's people out there who have gifts that don't know how to tangibly work on it from day to day. Yep. Yeah. So... Uh, first thing I did is um, I, I read. You actually hit two things that I did at the very start. I read, and I and I read. I read anything that would inspire me. So business books, life books. I just need to get inspired. Um, I, Can you give us a few books, just a few of your favorites, maybe just a couple that you read that kind of sparked something in you? I'm trying to give people something to take home. I don't want them listening to this podcast, getting excited, saying, oh, he's great, Josh is great, Carl's great, CJ's funny. I, no, no, no. Like, give them something to take home. Like, because there's people who can go, you can go read the same book Josh read if you're gifted in business. So, Josh, just give us a couple examples. I'm sorry, but I want to make this very practical for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, the traveler's gift, the go-getter, um, the, the dream giver, uh, good to great, um, coach. Um, I, I, can go, I can go on and on. A little red book of selling. Um, these, these are books just th- through the list. I mean, I could go, I could probably rattle off 25 books and those first 25 were so important they almost became part of my fiber that I, I carry them around and still this day I can open them up and reference those books. So today today I'm pretty today I'm 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 um, busier than I used to be but also I can retain information understand what the books are saying. Back then I had to read them over and over and over again just to try to understand what was happening. Now if I grab a business book I can read two sentences and go apply it. Back then I had to reread chapters to go apply it. I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant. Um, and, that, and then movies. I'd watch movies, business movies. I'd watch uh, my favorite movie of all time, The Godfather. I'd watch just little, thing, little movies that just, just inspired me along the way to, um, to do business. And then, and then I went and worked for a company. And see, I think I, I've told you this story, but I don't know if I have. I went in, worked for this company, worked in the warehouse. I would push windows in, in, into these 53-foot uh, trailers. I'd unload these big wood windows. I was on the operations side out of college. No one thought I'd be. Oh, no, I never heard about yeah. Josh's grill. Yeah. Oh, that's, the, that's the first yeah. one. I only, I only saw you Thank stroke you the chest. Yeah. I only saw you stroke yeah. the chest. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's what I did right out of college. I had a wife. To, I mean, my father-in-law said, how are you going to support my daughter? You're a college basketball player. You've never even talked about your aspirations or your dreams. And I said, don't worry, I've, I've got this. But I had no clue what I was going to do. So I worked at a, a Pella Windows, was a Pella Windows branch. I, I was in the warehouse. I'm not talking operations manager. I was in the warehouse grunt level, loading and unloading wood windows all day long. Trailers of wood windows. Stacking my shelves. And you tall, so they probably had you doing all the <laughs> you high got it. You, got, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 so, and so, see, I'd watch these salespeople walk in. And they'd walk in all day long and they'd walk out. And I used to look at them and think, man, they're so lazy. They're so lazy. Not saying they were. Mm. That's why I used to work. So I went into the owner and, um, and I said, hey, I'd like to get involved in sales. He said, you know, let me think about it come back tomorrow. I went back, sat down with him, and he said, you know what, we just love you in the role you are. And, and I talked to my team, and I talked to the VP of sales, and you just don't have the personality for sales. And he wrote my ticket. He, he wrote my ticket that day. Wow. I was on my way. My, wow. my, my. You better send him an edible arrangement. Yeah. I, send my man an edible arrangement. <laughs> I was on my way out. So I just started looking for any product I could get my hands on to sell. And really the motivation was to prove him wrong. So I just started looking for any motivation to, to, uh, to get a product to sell. So I went and found one to sell. Within six months, bought my own distributorship, distributorship of it, and I'm on my way. So that's, that's kind of my story. But I needed that guy to tell me that, to have all those books, all those movies, and then that motivation activate. to activate it. Right. That's part activate. of staying in the game. That's part of staying in the game. That's part that's of my 10,000 hours. And, yeah, real quick, and before I go to you, Carl, you, I noticed, Josh, that you said you started with like inspiration. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you, you started with like personal development. You didn't say like, yo, I went out and read like every sales book, how to be the best salesman. You know, you probably read that along with those things. But you said you started out with inspiration. Why do you think, you know, in your 20s, did you start off with these like books that n- had nothing to do with sales, but just got you in the right mind frame? And should and do you suggest that people do that? Should they start with getting in the mi- uh, the right mindset first before they actually try to go hone that specific talent? Yes, and the reason is is because if you if you come to me today, I can tell you 
exactly what to do in, in many business areas, not all, but in many business areas. But if you're not, if you can't uh, take the punches, like he said along the way, if you can't take the stuff, the inspiration is going to need to pull you up. And if you can't take it on your own, if you can't cry in the shower and smile in the office, then, then, then the rest of that business stuff doesn't matter because no business plan is going to go so smooth that you're not going to get punched. And no business is going to get off the ground the way you want without getting punched. And so I see, I mean, see, I used to watch the play, the Broadway play Les Mis. I used to watch it and listen to the soundtrack because I wanted to be lifted up and I wanted to be set down and I wanted to feel those emotions because I felt life through it. And I could translate that to cells. I could transfer those feelings to cells. And so for me, it was all encompassing to the passion that you have to take to win in the business world. Man. Wow. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> if y'all not in Breathe University getting this on the reg and talking to Josh on the phone on the reg, you're getting beat, okay? Get with BreatheUniversity.com. You're getting Get swept. This, oh, I'm <laughs> you ain't about getting ASAP. beat. You're getting swept. I'm, I'm talking about you getting swept. I'm talking about just like, uh, uh, just out of there. Like Golden State just had their way with you. Um, sorry, Josh. I, wow. I forgot you were a Utah fan. Um, <laughs> I supported you in the beginning, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. I took you on the back end. Yeah, I burnt you on the back end. I wanted to go Cleveland, but it couldn't come to my tongue. Cleveland and the Raptors. I don't believe we got any Canadians on the line, though. Shout out to my Canadians listening. Um, but real quick, Carl, same question. Tangibly, uh, when and we're you know, of course, writing about it in the new book, Zero to a Million. But tangibly, that ten thousand hours, what did that look like for you? So I'll, I'll say it like this, and it's cliche, so y'all forgive me, but then I'll, I'll hash it out for you. But find your comfort zone, and then go as far away from it as possible. So I say it again: find your comfort zone. Figure out what you like, what's nice and comfortable for you, and then get far away from that as possible. So of course. I mean, not to go too far back, but I hook up with E and C, and we, we saw that the need was video. And I have no idea what that looks like. I don't know what it means. I'll be honest. I couldn't figure out how you could get something from a tape to a computer. Like, okay, I see it on the tape, doggone it. We just, all right, th th that machine does that. But how is it possible to get that from that tape to that computer? That's where I started with this thing. And I remember sitting with Ken. So the, the key word is environment. I remember going to Ken because Ken was actually, Ken had done one project with the team at the time. And I remember going with Ken and just sitting like Ken. I was like, yo, I just, I, if you don't mind, Ken, I'm just going to sit here with you for the next two weeks. I don't remember what the break was. I don't know if it was a summer break or whatever. But I'm going to sit with you for the next two weeks if you don't mind. And I, I promise I'm not going to bother you if you need water. Holler at me. I, I'm going to support you in any way I can. But I just want to watch what you're doing. So tying, tying into what I said earlier, I knew I had the ability to learn things quickly. So I just needed to be in the environment long enough to pick it up. And then the next step from there, so I did that for two weeks, and I literally started editing and started doing stuff after that two weeks. Like, I got enough information where I could go do it on my own, start practicing. But then let me tell y'all, some of y'all that met us, like you've heard me say this before. If you watch TGIM, you literally watch me go back to school and get a master's degree in video production. Uncomfortable. I go into class, and my first class in the graduate program was with undergrads, because I had no idea how to really, like I didn't know the software, I had just downloaded the little free Final Cut joint and was playing with that, but I had no idea how to edit for real. I had never really used a camera like that. So I had to go take this remedial class for a graduate level student and like sit with the undergrads. And again, look, I'm 20 something years, I don't know how old, but they're still 19 and 20. So you could see that, okay, what is my man doing here? And I'm asking questions. Again, I still don't understand a lot of what's going on, so it's uncomfortable. I'm sitting in there and I sit in the back of the class, see, not because I don't want to participate, but I want to sit in the back of the class so I can see everybody else's computer and figure out how the heck they're doing what they're doing. So I'm watching to see who's doing stuff. I'm watching to see who's asking what questions. Like I'm paying attention to everything because I'm like, yo, I got to learn this thing quick. Like literally, when I say quick, I'm trying to learn something to implement it for TGIM on, on Sunday. So like everything I'm learning, like I got an immediate place that I'm going to use it. And that's another, another key fact. They don't just learn stuff to be learning stuff. Like you got a goal with it. So I'm learning this stuff now to put it into practice immediately. So I'm sitting in the back of the class just watching. I'm figuring out who's cool, you know, who's whatever. And I'm, again, using what I got. I'm starting to talk to a couple of the students a little bit. And y'all know me. I'm not that outgoing of a person. So I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable the whole process. I'm a minority 
from an island living in Michigan, which is almost, I don't know what the percentage is, but you know, almost completely Caucasian. I'm uncomfortable. I'm telling y'all, completely uncomfortable, but that was a part of the process. So you watch TGIM and you watch me go there, then I go get an internship with the Big Ten Network. I don't know anything. Here's the, the, the flip part. They don't even edit with the software that I edit with. They edit with something totally different that I never touched. And I walk in there, and the dude was like, look, I'll be real with you. I can see that you know how to edit, but we don't use any of the stuff that you use. You got to start from the beginning and learn everything over again. I'm like, say what? And when I tell you that process was painful, like he had me do one task, and my man was a beast at teaching it. Shout out to Al. He was a beast at what he had me doing. See, he would give me, so imagine I'll make a sports analogy. I don't want to get techie with y'all. But imagine you want to learn playing basketball, and your first job is to just catch the rebounds for my man shooting free throws. That's what it started like. All I'm doing, I'm trying to be a, a hooper. I'm trying to get out there, cross you up, dunk, and my job is to catch the ball and bring you water and a towel. That's where I started. And then he get, had me do that all week long, all week. And then he sent me to the free throw line, and I shot my free throws and brought them back for my man. He looked at me and said, okay, that was cool, but you did that all wrong. Now go back out and do it again, and I'll add this one, two, three steps. So look, my man broke it down step by step. I'm telling you, uncomfortable. I'm doing everything to the best of my ability, and it's still not enough. I, I don't know if you understand what that feels like. Like I go out there, my man said, go out here and shoot. He sent me literally the music building. I remember the day, the music building at MSU, they were doing a story on. They wanted some B-roll. Again, this is like my second week up there. He's like, yo, take the camera, take the tripod, go out there, set it up, and get me some B-roll shots. It's just the outside of the music building. I was out there for like two and a half, three hours in Michigan. I, I was going to say it was probably in November, so it wasn't warm outside. Mm. So I'm in there with a snotty nose. I'm talking about <laughs> ridiculous, y'all. Right. I go back in, and my Man's man was freezing. like freezing. From Barbados. I go out there. I mean, I go back right. in with all this stuff. And my man was like, yup, uh, nope, yup, you did it wrong. You got to go back out and do it. But when you go back out, here, a couple tips. And I'm thinking bit by bit by bit by bit, man, painless hours. Another quick example. No, that one might be too techy. I'm not going to go there. Let's just put it like this. He had me go through a 22-minute, um, we did our shows for Big Ten Network, where 22 minutes, 19 seconds, precision. Every ad was two minutes, two seconds. Like, you had to leave that break in there for the ad b between your content. And I would edit these shows, and he made me edit. Now, think about this. Let's just say for, for my techies out there, I'm talking about the audio. The audio should not, for, t for broadcast TV, it shouldn't go past a certain level. So I would go through and imagine this. All right, so y'all have seen audio waves before. Imagine trying to use, uh, how do I describe this without being techy? Literally, I'm drawing. Think about drawing the line. Like, I'm going to raise this piece up, put this down. Put this up, put this down. For 22 minutes and 19 seconds of content, I'm going through bit by bit and raising this piece is a little too low. Oh, he said that word too high. 22 minutes. I had to go through that process, painful, uncomfortable, and then come to find out there was a one button I could click to do it. My man showed me like a month after, but put me through the rigor, the process. So by the time I did all this, see, like I'm understanding some details that you won't understand just going into class and sitting down. You see what I'm saying? So I had to go out completely out of my comfort zone, completely uncomfortable, um, and just literally just put yourself out there in a position where you were forced to learn it. And then the, the piece is implementing it weekly. It was not that I was just learning it. Every single week I was learning stuff, so I was anxious to learn to try something new on TJM that week. So I'm telling you, if you go back and watch it, I don't know which seasons it started and ended and all that, but literally if you go back and watch, I guarantee you will see the progression from, oh, this is probably where Carl started school. I can see it got a little better. Oh, this is definitely where he got his degree. You can see that in TGIM because I had to go through that, that process, man. So I'm telling y'all, environment, um, the three words, uncomfortable, environment, implementation. Those are the three. So go back and study TGIM, not from Eric Thomas' perspective. Go by and study it and watch Carl. Oh, I love it, see? Very practical. No, I'm just saying this is tangible. If you ain't growing from this, you got a problem because you should be growing from this. E, give me... um. Give me give me some practical things, man. You 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 were I know you were at Oakwood, so you saw other people speak, and some of us know that. But give us some of the behind the scenes tips that people didn't see about ET that you were working on your craft, and even though you had this gift, you had to hone it. We know you saw other people speak. We know you were in the environment at Oakwood with bros who were getting to it and all of that. But what are some of those invisible intangibles that we didn't see? So watch this. So first of all, guys, you you want to thank CJ because he's able to, every podcast, ask us questions and make us pull out stuff that we don't even remember oh, or real. stuff we ain't never yeah. talked about before. That's real. Right? So, so I'm thinking about what he's saying. So Owen Simons, 
is probably about, and Owen, don't kill me if you're listening, Owen's probably about 5'6", right? Um, African-American male, if that's what you want to call him, that's what you identify him as, uh, from the island so of similar Bermuda. height. Yeah, definitely similar. <laughs> definitely similar. And Owen was the most powerful man on campus. He was the most powerful dude on campus. The most influential guy. On, now, it might be a couple people that might want to, you know, somewhat debate. But when I came, um, Take Six had already blew up, do their thing. Brian McKnight was already doing his thing. This, 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 he, was, he was only there a year. I got there a year before. It was something called Freshman Choir. He turned into Dynamic Praise. Listen to me. Owen and I wasn't even like, you know, I wasn't even his homie. But I knew when I stepped on that campus, he was the most powerful and influential student on that campus. He was the leader of, a, of at that, that time they call it dynamic praise. I would go to re- I couldn't sing y'all, but I would go to rehearsal every week. Why? Because I knew if this is the most powerful man on campus, I need to be able to see, like I said, bro, he wasn't six, six. You know what I'm saying? Like I was in the, I was at uh, the detention center yesterday where uh, Al Horford's father, he works there and he about seven feet one probably. So he's the type of dude when you when he walks in the room, there's attention. Let me tell you something. When you are five, six, five, seven, and you're the most powerful dude on campus, there's something special about you because you don't have the natural, you know, features or whatever, natural uh, 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 height and all that that would make people go, oh, I got to pay attention to who this person is. I would go. This dude would charge you if you were a minute late and you were in his choir, you had to pay a dollar each minute you were late. I would watch this dude. He was so short. He would stand on chairs. Was he a student? Yes, he was a student. He was a sophomore when I got to campus. He was a sophomore. Oh, I'm thinking like when you say he charged him, I'm like, okay, maybe he was like a he grad, was a student, uh, bro. Or he was a student. Wow. He was charged. I'm saying, I'm saying, wow. y'all students, y'all ain't got no money. But listen to me. And you ain't gotta pay him. I'm like, what in the world? Listen to me, wow. y'all. Some of the best singers I've ever met. He made them rehearse. He made them do an audition. And I don't care if you was there last year and you was the best singer, you still had to do an audition. And I'm thinking to myself, like I would go and watch, I ain't never told Owen this. We've never had this discussion. And I would watch him and I would watch how he would take a good singer and stretch them. I would watch how he would take David Troford and Wayne Buckner, who were freshman piano players who thought they were good, and tear them down and build them back up. I would watch, and, and here it is, 30-some years later, both of those dudes still pay, playing and getting paid. Um, uh, uh, Wayne got a doctorate in it. Uh, uh, David is the, uh, one of the best of the best doing his thing. And, and, and you say, you are a speaker, though. But I watched someone else who took their gift and was able to use their charisma to bring 30, 40 freshmen together and have one of the best sounds. They traveled the world singing. They traveled the world singing, guys. So those were some of the things I did. I went and and I studied the greats. I would spend time with other young people. I would notice that, for real, the crescendo and decrescendo, like I paid attention to that. Like, ooh, this part of the song, they came up. So when you guys see me go up and you go, go low, I didn't get that from another speaker. I got that from watching uh, um, um, the different, the three parts, like how they would go up and go down the tenors, how they would go up and go down. And I was like, yep, I got it because it's music. And the one thing I noticed when I was young is that music has an ability to go in places that speaking can't go. That that when you talk about, I mean, everywhere, Carl, there are people who listen to music in a language that they don't even speak, yep. but people don't necessarily listen to speakers. And so guys, that was the first thing I did. I got around speakers. Here's the second thing I did. I served those people so they could let me around them when nobody else was around them. You understand? I, I served them and got close to them so that when they said, yo, this is a closed rehearsal, ET still could come. When they said we traveling and can't nobody else come, E.T. could come and E.T. could pray for us. E.T. could give us a little three-minute speech before we get up. And, man, I'm telling you, I got to see Wayne practicing. What Wayne did was, uh, 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 I don't know how you say it, Carl, but he could read notes. Like, he had the ability 
to, to read a note so he could open up a book. Trofer couldn't read notes, but Trofer could hear a sound and boom, I don't know how he did it. You could play it for him and he could hear it with his ear and play it right back for you. And so I realized um, as I was watching them, I realized and listen to me, guys, this is where I got this from. I realized that when you read from a script, that's not music. You will never see a, you will never see a choir or a gifted singer read notes. Now, a rapper might use that when he's practicing or preparing. But once he get live on stage, you never see notes. So I was like, E, you got to learn how to do it without notes, because when I would watch speakers read with notes, I would watch people lose them. They were back, lose them. They were back. But I never seen nobody mesmerized when a person would read off a script. So I was like, E, you got to be like Michael Jackson. You got to be like Anita Baker. You got you got to be like uh, Aretha Franklin. And then what I noticed about watching these musicians and James Brown, I watch how they control the audience with their body language. And I started using my body language more. So here's what happened, guys. Then I step into speaking with Irvin, Trey. And so I put in a lot of, like Josh said, reading, 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 reps, 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 reading, 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 reps, 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 reps. So what I would read, Josh, I would talk about. So read, 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 rep, 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 read, 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 rep, rep, rep. So after I did enough reps, what I started asking myself was, if 20 people came to hear me speak, how many would leave? How many people will walk away in the beginning of my message or the middle of my message or the end of my message? How many people was like, we don't want to hear that. And then Josh, after I put in rep, 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 and people start saying, yo, I like this dude. What I started realizing, Josh, was rep, 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 evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Ooh, there's a group that likes you and a group that doesn't. So you need to focus on the group that likes you right now, but find out why the group that don't like you, why they don't like you. And what I realized, it was the Troford Wayne Buckner, that God had blessed me with a group that said, we like your rawness, but there was a group that said, you're not refined enough. And I realized that the refined group pays. <laughs> the refined group got a bank account. <laughs> Josh, the, the refined group had a budget, <laughs> right? I realized that. And so while I did not naturally like talking to the more refined who was listening for subject verb agreement, that group, that group that was looking for subject verb agreement about four minutes into my message, I'm lying, see, about 60 seconds <laughs> you, into you, my you message. Wanted, you wanted right. to talk to the group who wanted to hear Hornet Check. Oh, Hornet Check. Hornet Check. That's the group you I was talking to. And that group loved me and didn't know. They, they didn't care about subject verb agreement because they were more on the content, the spirit, the passion. But I realized there was another group that wasn't on that. They were on structure. Well, they had no money, though. Oh, they, had, they didn't have a lot. <laughs> they, check, they, they had, had no lot. check. They didn't have a Ironically. lot. See, I won't be cautious because it might have been somebody that had. I won't be cautious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but, but then I found out what group liked me, what group didn't like me. And after that, Josh, it was on to the, it was on to the race. And so a part of getting a four-year degree, the master's degree, and the Ph.D. was I ain't dumb. I realized there's a group out there that don't relate to me. There's a group out there that that don't value just the content or the passion and the spirit in which I'm bringing it. They are very heavy into structure, right? They, they the homiletics, like the extra G's. That's what they're all about. And so I realized, like, yo, E, you you have the ability if you work hard, you have the ability. Drumline, you naturally play by ear, but you have what it takes to go into the classroom and learn the structure. And if you can get both, even like even if I could get the structure only 25 or 30 percent, I will put myself in the ability to be considered a decent enough speaker, you know, to stay in the game and make good money. But once I got the masters and I tasted structure, I realized, Josh, it's a system to it. It's probably easier to learn structure than it is to learn how to do it spontaneously. Like the, the, the passion and the spirit part, you can't teach. The stuff that I didn't naturally have, Josh, you could go in the classroom and get a syllabus and learn that. So, yeah, see, that's my beginning. But with Josh, let me just give you a couple. Think and Grow Rich, either Napoleon Hill or Dennis Kimbrough, the, the, the greatest salesman that ever lived, Ogmandino, right? Dennis Kimbrough's Daily Motivation for African-American Success. Right. These are just a few of the books and richest man in Babylon, Carson. These are some of the first books that I got my hand on. And for those of you who want to go deep 
um, M. Scott Peck, or I think that's his name. I might be saying it wrong, but um, the road less traveled and um, um, the road less traveled. And what was the other one? Um, marching to the, the beat of a different drummer. Those are a little those are more like psychology type books that deal more deeper into the psychological aspects of humans. But M. Scott Peck, I'm telling you, changed my life because he was the person that taught me how to take ownership and take responsibility for my own life. So, yeah, there you have it, Josh. Yep, stick tight, E. I want to I get you with the nugget of the day. want to get Josh's business questions, um, Josh's business corner, Hutch, uh, Hatch's huddle. Hmm. Um, get that fired up. Hmm. But first, man, let me let you know, man, if you're listening to us and you're like, yo, I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to, you know, make this thing happen. Listen, man, we did it. We did a new campaign just for you. It's free. So don't even worry about it. And I don't even want to talk about it because you should be in BU. But this is a great, great program, man. I understand that some of you like, yo, I need to get back on track. It's 21 days with ET.com. That's 21 days with ET.com. You guys know E is big on creating a habit. And over the course of these 21 days, man, we are going to show you how to get it done. It's free of charge, so don't worry about it. You're sitting there, you're like, man, I'm struggling. I'm trying to get the money up, blah, blah, blah. whatever. It's, it's literally free. Don't worry about it. It's going to help you refocus and get to that next level. 21 days with ET.com. A few other business housekeeping notes, man. We got Philly coming up May 21st. Philadelphia. We Myself, Carl, the hip-hop preacher. Josh should be there. Willie, Inky, David, Jeremy is going down. We got the whole squad. It's going to be incredible. Let me tell you something. If you were at the Stay Ready in Atlanta, you already know the energy that's about to be in the building is incredible. So make sure you go um, to the website, etinspires.com backslash events. Get the tickets for Philly. Uh, they're going fast. Matter of fact, I, I got the email the other day that they're, they're selling out rather quickly. So go check that out. Um, also, man, the tickets for the cruise are on sale to the public right now. We are going on a cruise, right? March, uh, I don't, don't quote me, 4th through the 10th, something, I don't have my notes up, but it is in March. But listen, man, you need to get your tickets by, I don't, in the next month or two in order to secure your spot. And those seats are going fast as well. Um, we have some some just amazing stuff we're gonna do on the boat. We're going on like the fanciest cruise ship there is. So if you've been saying, man, I need a vacation, I need to get away, you know, me and my husband, my wife, my friend, whatever, we just wanna go on the boat, you know, on a cruise and, and take it to that next level, man, we are going. It's not just for married folks, this is for anybody who, you know, literally just wants to go, spend that time, have a great time. We're gonna have workshops, classes, we dancing, we hanging. We, we're going to do the podcast live. You can come to a live taping of the podcast, the whole nine, and you can go to phenomenalcruise.com. That's phenomenalcruise.com and come uh, hang out with us. I know it's not till 2018, but let me tell you something. People are already buying up the cabin super fast, and you don't want to miss it, man. You're going to get tired of seeing E.T. around the ship, but uh, luckily I'll be there to uh, <laughs> ease, ease your mind. Let your conscience be free. Ah. Our family's going, man, so we're super pumped about that as well. Let's jump into, Josh, you ready for Hatch's Huddle? It's been a minute, man. All right, Francisco in New Jersey said, Josh, hey, I'm a small business owner. How do I know how much of a salary to pay myself and how much I should invest back into the company? Yeah, at the start of a business as a small business owner, I'd say take, take what you need to be comfortable. When I say comfortable, um, enough to, to pay the bills where you're not stressing about how those bills are getting paid, but then, but then grow your business. It's still your money. Just because it's not in your personal bank account doesn't mean it's not yours. So put that thing back in the business and grow that. Yep, love it. Marcus in Cleveland, this was an interesting one. I was like, wow, I never really thought about this one. He says, I have a local competitor who has reached out to me for some advice. I'm normally a very generous guy with my time and advice, but I'm just not sure in this case. Have you ever been put in a position where you had a competitor ask you for help? What should I do? I have, I have, and um, and a couple different things have happened. I just know that that if you do think- I know what I would say. Tony Robbins better not never call me. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let me just throw, let me throw a curveball to you, see? So he I've can had, call I've me had, though, Josh. Yeah, he can I was gonna say, I've, I've, had, I've had competitors that have asked to become partners or employees down the road when their business didn't work out because I was generous with my time. So- Wow. Hashtag humble brag. Wow, right, 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 right. Wow. Yeah, no, so 
So you, so you said you should help him. That's what uh, I, I would. I would give him general information and 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 watch him close. You know, you know things that you shouldn't say. If you're in business, you're a smart guy. So you don't need to give every uh, every secret to the trade. But there's enough out there for everybody, and you never know when you're going to need some advice yourself. Yeah, I'm just kidding, Tony. If you need some advice, you know what I'm saying. If from from a little chihuahua, feel free to reach out. You know what I'm saying. Um, good stuff. Uh, Sean in Oakland said. Uh, how and when did you realize you had a passion for biz? I guess you kind of spoke to that a little bit, but yeah, you know, it, it um, so it, it, it got my competitive juices going just like sports. But I, you know, if you listen to E, basically what E was saying, um, was teach E the rules of engagement and then watch what happens. He just needs to learn the rules of engagement. And for me with business is right when I learned the rules of engagement, it was over. Cause I could put in the hard work. I could stay at it longer than most people. I could, I could articulate my vision. Um, but, but once I realized I just need to know how the game was played and then it was, then it was, then it was go time. I knew business was for me. Yep, Love it. Um, uh, let's see. Got a couple more here. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Ira in Northern California said, how has the, uh, transition into being full time with ETA, uh, been going? Oh, it's been, uh, been going great. I mean, I think from the last time we did this hatches huddle, um, the four of us and the rest of the ETA squad, we've launched, I don't know, three or four different programs, another company. Um, you know, there's just so much work to do, so much good work to do in this world. Um, it's been going great. And every day is a, every day is a, a healthy grind of, of growing this company, growing our message, growing the reach, um, supporting each other, learning together. You know, it's, it's been, it, it's been a ride. And again, we had a, we had a great, um, a great relationship for years before this ever happened. And on top of that, from a business standpoint, you know, it's been a great, it, it's been a great thing for my family. It's been a great thing for uh, me personally. And, and I love working side by side with you guys. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a ton of questions here, um, but I'm trying to wrap up cause we're getting long. Um, Oh, this is a good question. Christian in Brooklyn. I want everybody to answer this. He said, when did you realize you weren't going to the NBA? I want everybody because I think every I think every guy who's like ever played sports, we had a moment in our lives when we were sure we were going to the NBA, NFL. And then we had a moment where you were sure you weren't going. All right. And so, Josh, when were you sure? And, and Carl and E, you think about it, too. But when were you when were you like, OK, yep, that's it. And it's definitely not an NBA dream for me. When they raised the hoop to 10 feet. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, no, but but actually, the, the, actually, the real the, the, the real time the, the the real answer is my very first college practice. Uh, the pace, the speed, um, it hit me pretty quick. There's a whole another level of athlete out there. So yeah, mine was actually uh, I think it was eighth grade. We were so seventh grade. We played against Calvin Torber's team. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he played for Michigan State. And the summer before, we were kind of battling. We were the two big men playing in the post the whole nine. And, you know, it was a good game. We beat them. They beat us. We came back in eighth grade, and we were, like, the same height or whatever, but they threw the jump ball. And, I, and like, we had been battling for years against each other at the jump ball. It was always, like, a struggle. So I was ready. Like, I was going to get off quick, get the jump ball, get the momentum from my team. Well, they threw the jump ball up, and all I seen was the bottom of his shorts. <laughs> and then he tipped the ball to a teammate, sprint down the middle of the lane, and I promise you, in the eighth grade, they threw him an alley-oop. I'm chasing behind him now. Like, I don't even know what's going on. It happened so fast. I'm chasing behind my man. They threw an alley-oop, and he dunked it with two hands. I'm talking about I, just the summer before, we were battling, like slapping glass on the layup, and my man caught it with two hands and dunked it. And I said, oh, so the NBA is just out, huh? I mean, like, <laughs> literally that moment, I was like, okay, this is recreational now, see? And, uh, yeah, that was the end of my dreams. Carl, I know you had dreams of the, the league. What, what was your, uh, what was your defining non-defining moment. Oh, so of course growing up in Barbados, the competition was just a little easier, just a tad bit oh, easier. Oh, so you thought for sure you were mad. They, oh, they called you magic on the island. <laughs> it was easy, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't the biggest kid, but I, again, I got an older brother, so I was playing with I was playing with all the kids. So anytime I'm playing any sport with kids my age, like I had I had, I had the way big advantage, you know what I'm saying? But uh, my parents shut that down early. My parents was like, yeah, little fella, you're going to be at church. We don't care nothing about what sport is happening on what weekend. Um, all, and, of course, all the professional stuff, you know, happen on weekends. Any, anytime you're getting serious, it's the weekend. Right, and my mother's right. like, I don't know where you think this is going, fella. I see it. I hear people talking about it. But your butt going to be in church. So it, it got shut down early for me. I ain't even getting nowhere. And you be a professional church member. Yeah, so professional church goer. Yeah, no doubt. 
E, did you have a moment? It was when when you got kicked out of Henry Ford, or when was that? No, moment? it was when we had the because you know I'm a little older, Josh, so we had the rims on the uh, on everybody's garage, right? So this is before we even went to high school, and I knew I wasn't going to the league when it was three on three but they would prefer to play two on three than to pick me. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. Yep, that'll kill your NBA dreams right there. Or when we played five on five, and they told me, when you get the ball, pass it. Oh, it just pass. Now, e, now, let me tell you something about E's hoop career. E will set a mean screen and play solid D. You're not going to just run past him, but... If you give him the rock on offense, it's uh, it could hey, be a trap. I seen the skyhook one or two times. See, I'm talking about Kareem. <laughs> I, I thought Abdul the skyhook was for taller, Jabbar. taller players, but that's my when you on, oh. when you three on three and they won't well, pick when you. you. Short, yeah, yeah. When you short, sometimes you need the skyhook to try to get over it. the defense. Well, it's the yeah, it's, yeah. it's the most it's the it's the, the in terms of percentage. It's the highest percent you're going to get. Of yeah, when Kareem shoots it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, everything it, else is it, like it a set shot. Worst. Yeah, everything else is like yeah. shooting a set shot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so no doubt. I got way more no control doubt. of the hook than I have on any yeah. other hey, shot. I, 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 this is actually very entertaining, and I want you guys, if you get a chance, fellas out there, ladies, whatever, Send in in your emails with a short story of when you knew you weren't going to the league. All right, send it to info at ET Inspires, and I'll read a couple on the podcast. I just think that's funny because I was talking to a friend the other day, and we kind of had a similar conversation. And he was like, "Man, I swear I was going to the league," and I was like, "Yo, everybody thought they were going to the league." So when we read that question, I'm like, "Yep." When's that moment? So send it to info at etinspires.com. I'll read a couple of you guys' comments on here because I think it's hilarious just to see all the, you know, everybody going to the league in fifth grade. And then you slowly but surely start weeding it out and then one out of like a million go. So send in your stories for that. Um, I don't know if I missed any other announcements before we get to the nugget of the day. Josh, appreciate you being on. No question. Thank you, gentlemen. Flair to the podcast. You add money they to the podcast. Of us. <laughs> yeah, you add money to the podcast. Yeah, they get tired of my jokes. They get tired of hearing ego hard and uh, tired of Carl talking about Barbados. So it's good <laughs> to have another perspective. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we bore them from time to time. So it's good to have another perspective. Uh, anybody else got any? Uh, oh, Game Changers. Listen, man, we've been getting a ton of emails. Shout out to everybody who started Game Changers. We started this week with our, our squad of Game Changers, man. It is awesome. We are training the next generation of phenomenal speakers as we speak. Listen, you guys have been sending emails. A ton of you have been saying, hey, I'm on the waiting list. I want to get on the waiting list. Listen, just send an email to info at etinspires.com. Say that you're interested in getting Game Changers. We have a waiting list right now. We are in the process of trying to speed that up, but we are going to provide an excellent quality service, and we want to make sure we have our full, you know, our speakers who signed up have our full attention, but we will be adding people as soon as we possibly can. So if you want to be a part of Game Changers and learn how to speak and come to our quarterly meetups in Michigan and all of those things, man, let us know. Send an uh, email to info at etinspires.com, and we'll get you on the waiting list ready to go as soon as possible. Breatheuniversity.com. Go check it out, man. Become a part of our family. ET, hit that nugget of the day so we can get up out of here. All right, so I know technically, guys, you know, it's not. But by the time we come back with our next podcast, we may be a little bit late. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um especially those of you who consider yourself to be a single, you know, parent, mom, you know, you don't have a lot of support. You're taking your son to that um, M, uh, NBA dream. You know, you're taking him to practice and helping with homework and working and grinding. Uh, There's a lot of different, you know, um, situations out there. But we do want to say happy Mother's Day, especially to our mothers. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our mothers. Uh, Carl, would it be corny to play Dear Mama, Tupac. Uh, anyway, um, mm, just no. We can play it. Just get it going in the background. You know what I'm saying? That's a classic. You know what I'm saying? Except for when they say, 
uh, even though you was a crack fiend, I was like, oh, I always feel awkward singing that part. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, whoa. And then hey, no, no, he said black drop. queen, my mama white, so I got all kind of issues. Right, right. Hey. White queen. Right, like, never right. Really worked out. Right. Just hey, say we'll, it fast. We'll drop, no, we'll drop the boys to men. The, the boys to men. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. That's a little, yeah, oh, yeah, there you go, Carl. I'm just saying, we got to switch up because of C. So, all right, whatever. Anyway, we'll do that. All right, see, so and Josh, all right, and Josh, right? I'm sorry, Josh. Um, so, so listen, this is one of the nuggets, guys. That I really need you to listen. What I'm saying, we're not telling you to quit your job, but for real, just hear hear the message. Your salary is the bribe they give you to for, to forget your dreams. Your salary is oh, the bribe. Yeah. Your salary is the bribe they give you to forget your dreams. And so again, I'm not saying quit your job, but what I'm saying to you is. Don't let your salary suffocate your dream. Don't let your salary suffocate your dream, guys. There is something that you are gifted at, and if you're willing to put the time in it, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy your personal freedom. Your family is going to live in a way that, that may be a salary for you. There are some people and their salaries, and, and the way they work, it works for them. But there are some of you, your salary is suffocating you, and I am challenging you to let your dream live. I'm challenging you to put time in your dream. I'm challenging you, right, to cultivate that dream and, and turn that dream into a reality. And I'm telling you, you got five, 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 listen to me, five individuals, right, who know exactly uh, when you come to the, what is it, stay ready, you're going to have five guys, Willie Mo Jr., you got um, um, Jers, you got, uh, 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 um, I'm sorry, uh, Jeremy, you got Inky, you got myself, guys, who are all going to tell you how we took our dreams and turned our dreams into reality. So I'm telling you, five individuals who are going to give you our personal stories. Jers left a salary. Jeremy left a salary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Willie Mo Jr. left a salary just doing videos, and those videos turned to him being one of the top radio personalities in the world. Y'all know this crew here, we left our job, our salaries to follow our dreams and our lives have never felt better, right? So do me a favor, don't let your salary suffocate your dreams. Make your dreams become a reality. Hey, I know we usually end it right there, but before we get out of here, man, I just got to give the shout out to the most beautiful woman on planet Earth. On Earth. On planet Earth. Today is my wife's birthday, and I just want her to know. Hey, I don't even know if she's going to listen, but I'm going to say it for y'all to hear. I want her to know You're I love make her. her uh, right, I know, right? And, uh, babe, I love you. And, man, I can't wait to spend the next 50 more of these birthdays with you. And we're going to get, hey, right now we got her distracted. My family got her doing some stuff with her so I can sneak out to do the podcast. But we got a little a little plan this evening. We're going to hang out, get some stuff done Ooh. together. And, and yeah, yeah. So happy just, birthday. just happy, happy birthday. birthday happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Tamisha. Hey, Josh, can you make sure that we keep getting money so we can keep doing these birthday things? Josh? Hey, I ain't got the helicopter hey, plan. I like it. I, like it. I ain't got no helicopter plan. 10,000 hours. Well, that's I the gorilla. Got that. That, yeah. That's the gorilla. <laughs> you rent out my helicopter <laughs> for a small price. I'll send my chopper from the yeah. A up there. And y'all can have it. Man, listen, man, if you're listening to us and you like the podcast, you enjoy what we do, man, go leave us a review on iTunes so we can climb them charts, man. We love y'all. We got to get to work now. We'll see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.